Hello and welcome to Podiatry Practice Mastery. Uh, my name is Don Pelto and I have Brandon Lembowitz. Welcome, Brandon. Thanks for having me on today. You're welcome. So, Brandon, tell me a little bit about uh, your backstory, kind of how you got interested in SEO and optimization and, you know, efficiency online. I just kind of fell into it. Wasn't really planning on it, but after I got my degree in business marketing, the first job I got at school was helping out a company with their digital marketing and was kind of doing it all for them, helping out with their SEO, doing social media, running paid ads, taking pictures of products and just helping out and out with everything. And this is back in 2007 and worked there for a few months and just realized that everyone's probably going to have a website in the future. And there's a lot of different ways to get traffic, but SEO is just a way to tap into that free traffic that Google's willing to give out. So over the years, I worked at different advertising agencies as the director of SEO and before work or after work or on my lunch break, I would work on my own company. I would build it up and built it up to where I was able to quit my job and been focused solely on this, helping people get more traffic from SEO and helping out with a little bit with the paid ads and social as well. That's awesome. Congre I think that's the goal for many people is, is being able to retire or work less and uh, have your business work for you. So congratulations. I'm sure it wasn't an easy journey. No, took a lot of time, a lot of building it up, but it is definitely worthwhile in the long run to be your own boss and be able to set your own hours and, and make things a lot better. Yeah. So let's kind of focus in on like a healthcare provider, uh, whether it be dentist, doctor, podiatrist, things like that. There's different ways that can grow their presence online. And maybe you could just kind of go over some of the main ways and then kind of focus in on why SEO maybe is the, is one of the better options. Well, the main thing is trying to figure out who your audience is and where are they? So that's number one is who's your audience and where are they going to be online? Are they going to be on social media? Maybe not so much looking for you on social media. They're probably going to be going on Google or Yelp or one of these other third-party directories that list healthcare, healthcare um, providers. Then they'll find you. Then they'll like check you out on like social media to make sure you're real, legit, credible, have reviews, have status updates, all that stuff. But I would say probably the best would be Google, trying to get on Google, whether it's you do search engine optimization or you run paid ads. But I feel like Google is where people are going to be starting their search for someone like your profession, someone in like the health, medical, or even like myself, I do SEO, same thing, or like any service providers. Usually people are going to start off by going on Google and then they'll kind of vouch for them on other platforms. But it's good to have a presence everywhere because you want to diversify. You don't want to just put all your eggs in one basket and then find out something changes or who knows what can happen in the future. But I'm going to be trying to get traffic from as many different sources as possible. But number one really is take a step back, put yourself in the user's point of view or the patient's point of view. And if they were looking, you were looking for that service, where would you go? That's really the most important. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think even if they go, because I always, I ask every single patient and they either tell me, I, I looked at my healthcare plan, like mm -hmm. what's covered by my insurance. Like, are you on my plan? Cause that's usually number one. Even if I rank, you know, 500 times better than anyone else. And, and, the, and I can't see them according to their health plan. They're not going to see me. So I think the health plan is, is one primary care doctor referring over, but even then they're going to still Google my name, but mostly the people are just, a lot of them, they just Google um, foot problem, ring grown toenail, and then whoever kind of has a good presence. And that's how you help people, right? With that SEO. So let's talk a little bit about kind of what is SEO, break it down. Are there ways that we can help SEO and when do we need to get someone like you to help? 
Well, so SEO is search engine optimization, which means ranking websites in the different search engines, which is primarily just Google nowadays. Google really runs everything. So when you search on Google, there's ads at the top. Those are all paid ads where they pay per click. So if you click on one of those websites, that website or that company is paying Google could be a couple cents per click, could be a couple of dollars per click, could be a couple hundred dollars per click. It gets quite expensive. <clears throat> But right below that is organic, the free listings. And there's 10 websites on that first page of Google. Plus nowadays, there's images that appear, maps appear if you're a local business, videos appear. So best practices, if you have any videos, we're going to optimize them. If not, let's create some videos because let's try to take up as much free real estate as possible on that first page of Google without spending money on ads. Or you can spend money on ads as well, but I try to get you up there organically. So what are some ways, like if people are listening and they say, okay, uh, Brendan, I want to optimize myself. How do I optimize? Like, what are some of the, I know you have to do some of it, but are there some things that just some easy things that people can try to do on their own first? Um, I mean, yeah. So there's a lot of coding or like changing the code, putting keywords in different places, but something that's pretty easy and straightforward that you don't need to know coding or be tech savvy is yeah, just- no, no coding. No, we don't want to code. We don't want to, we'll hire yeah. you to do that. But uh things that people can do on, or, or they can't do anything. They can't do anything to modify their own SEO. No, the easiest one is just adding more text to every page on your website. So Google feeds off text. They can't read images or videos yet. They're trying to, but they really rely heavily on content. The more text you have on each page that describes what that page is about, the easier it is for search engines to read, understand, and know what keywords you're targeting. And that one is one of the most important things is having good original content on every single page on your website, not just the homepage, but any page that you want to rank should have about a couple hundred words or more, depending on how many words need to be described that service that you're offering, but really just write for people. Don't write to put keywords in that content. Naturally, that content should have keywords in it because if you're writing about a specific service, you should talk about that service in that content. And if you're not, then you got to rethink the content that you're writing should incorporate that somehow. But don't just throw keywords, throw them in there. That's going to probably do more harm than good. But that one's really simple and easy enough. And not many people do it. It's just adding that text on all their pages. What, so what are people typically doing wrong? What What do you see they're doing, they're doing wrong when you look at their pages? Well, most people aren't adding any content. Most people, so like some, for example, e-commerce website might be selling like tennis shoes and they have a bunch of pictures of the products, the shoes, but there's no content there. So mm -hmm. Google can't really read that. So even like yourself, like if you have a page about like whatever, maybe like foot, I guess, and there's only like five or 10 words and there's lots of images and videos, that's not going to help Google out that much because they're going to struggle to read that. They're getting better, but they still really want text that lets them know what that page is about. And the text could be anywhere. It could be at the top, the middle, the bottom of the page. It doesn't have to be all at the top. Because you don't want to just throw a couple hundred words at the top of your page. That's going to look ugly. People don't want to read nowadays. People's attention spans are really short. But you'd have like a couple bullet points at the top or a video. And then lower down, you could have all that text. That way, Google is happy. And if people want to learn more, they could scroll down and learn more. Now, what what about, um, like, for example, we're doing a podcast right now. And there's these things now they say um they basically they trans they'll transcribe the podcast for you and they'll post it on your site so you have the 
you have the interview and all that text. Is that is this like our conversational type of text? Is that what you're? What, is that a good option to just transcribe? Like take a YouTube video and transcribe the thing and paste it on your website, or is that like no one's going to read that? No, that is kind of what it should be. Or oh. you summarize it, or you timestamp it. Like if it's a long one, like thirty minutes, maybe don't summarize everything or transcribe everything. Maybe you timestamp it, saying at one minute eleven seconds we talked about this. At two minutes we talked about this. But if it's like five minutes, the video, then you could probably transcribe it. But yeah, that is really helpful is having something there in the YouTube description or wherever you place a video on any platform. If you place a video on your website, you need text supporting it. If you place it on YouTube, you need to put it in the description. If you put it on whatever platform, you want to put somewhere in there that content. And transcribing it is good because it helps people out, especially when they're on mobile, they usually don't have the sound on. So they're not going to hear you speak, but if you have that transcribe or the words at the bottom in closed captions, that's going to help them out. Now, I've seen some people, what they do, instead of transcribing it, they'll put a, a link to a PDF transcription. Is a, is a PDF transcription document the same as copying and pasting the same thing on the page on your website? Mm. I don't know. No, that would be well, a little different. Yeah, I'm not it, sure why. It can't read PDFs. It doesn't read PDFs. It doesn't open the, the bot doesn't open up the PDF to read it and get for keywords. Well, the PDF becomes another page essentially. So you want everything on that one page. So the PDF is another page. The blog is another, or the video where the video is posted is another page. But you want everything all together because if you make Google jump around multiple places to find that information, they're not going to find it because they're just a robot. <clears throat> And they need you to spoon feed as much information as possible. And for people too, how many people are going to click on that PDF? Probably not many people are going to see that, but if the transcript is right there. They're going to read it. But having to do that extra step really deters people and search engines. Now, how about like for, let's say YouTube, where, let's say this is going to go on YouTube. I, I'm not transcribing, but let's say I transcribed it. Does it benefit you to paste that into the description of a YouTube video, that whole transcription? That's like a huge transcription of like a 30 minute video. I don't know if he'd even allow you to do that much, but is it worth it to, to, to paste that into the description in a YouTube video? Oh, 100% yes. But if it's a long video like this, I would do the timestamps. Don't transcribe the whole video. Timestamps and summarize what the video is about and that will tease people. But if it's like a two or three, five minute video, then you can transcribe the whole thing. But if it's 30 minutes, that's really long to transcribe. But it does help to put the subtitles in for people but I wouldn't put that whole thing in the description. I'd put more like timestamps because nobody's going to read 10,000 words of a transcript when the video is right there and they can just hit play. But Well, I, I wasn't thinking that they would read it. What I was thinking, does that help with SEO or like that re them recommending that video? Because we've talked about SEO 50 times. So it'll pop up that. I don't know if Google, I don't know if YouTube has a bot that reads the description and, and recommends that based on what's in there. I just don't know that. So. Yeah, Google owns YouTube. And what they look at is the file name of the video before you upload it. Really important to name it a descriptive file name. Then, and for images, any image on your website, any video, any audio, Google can't read that, but they read the file name. So they can't read images, but they read the file name of the image. So images, videos, audio, stuff like that. Always, always, always upload it with a descriptive type or file name. That's so very important. And then once you upload it, the title of the video or the article or the blog or whatever it is, podcast that you're doing, the title is also very, very important to put as many yeah. keywords as possible without repeating yourself. You get about 60 characters. 
after that, most of the platforms will kind of stop reading the title after 60 characters. But before that, you can squeeze as many keywords as possible. So if you want to target more keywords, I would tell people you got to create new pages because each page can only target about three to five words or podcast or video or article or whatever it is. It kind of loses that rel relevancy after more than that. But with the video, having a good title, having a good description, adding tags to it, that all really helps out a lot with the video marketing. Yeah. So I just want to, I want to freeze. I think you've made an important point that I didn't know. Like, for example, if I do a screen capture on my screen, it's going to download as Windows screen capture, bop, 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 a JPEG. And if I upload that to the website, to anything, it'll have that. It won't have the name. So renaming things before you upload it, take that little time to put whatever those keywords are in like plantar fasciitis or things like that. That's a great, great tip. Thank you. Yeah. That's so very important. If you want to rank your images on Google images or any of these platforms, they can't really read file names. I mean, images or videos, but they will read that file name. And that's, again, it all comes down to text. Content, they could read. Text, they could read. But other stuff, they're struggling—they're trying to, but they're not there yet. Awesome. So so tell me, I don't know if you've worked with any other healthcare, but you can use healthcare for an example, but tell me some of the success stories that you had. Like, how does this transform someone's business? Um, any, any success stories that you've had? Tell me a little bit, kind of the before- and what you did, and then kind of how it helped them afterwards. Well, yeah, I mean, I've done lots of people in the healthcare industry and worked with yeah, a variety of people over the years, but helped out one that was a doctor and they were pretty much nowhere to be found. <clears throat> Going in, optimizing the website, putting the keywords in the right places, getting them ranked on Google Maps. All of a sudden, they started getting more phone calls and getting more patients coming in and really helped them get to that next level. But it does take time and does take does take time depending on how competitive. The more competitive your keywords are, the more time it's going to take. But if you don't have much competition, then it's going to be a lot quicker and easier to get those rankings because the SEO, it's all about just trying to figure out who's on that first page of Google, how much SEO have they done, and how can we do a better job of it? Awesome. Yeah, that's neat. Um, so we've talked about kind of keyword-specific content. Um, it, now, now, this is the kind of the fun part. I know we can't do this but kind of pull down the veil and what do you do on the back end? Like, I don't know if do you like, is it the actual words that we're seeing or is there stuff like behind the maps or behind the website or like what they call meta tags or do you do all that stuff or is it mostly just changing the written word? Like what are the, what are the secrets that we can't do, but at least you can kind of give people the, some of the secret sauce. No, do it all because it's like a puzzle with SEO. You got to put all the pieces together. If you leave some pieces out, Google's not going to rank you. So like we were talking about the file names, most people are not going to see the image file names, but Google sees that. So definitely have to go on the coding and make all those changes to the coding, like title tag, meta description, file names for images, alt tags for images, header tags, schema, all this technical stuff, which I have videos that I've done over the years that show you step-by-step -step how to do that because it's kind of tough. Everyone's got a different platform. So it's not just like, here's how you do a title tag. It's like WordPress versus Shopify, Wix, Squarespace. All these platforms are going to be slightly different where they put it. But I do have a lot of videos. If they just search my name on YouTube, they can okay. find those. So step-by-step -step how to actually do all that stuff, which is important because you can't not just do part of it. You have to do really everything to rank on Google. So after this um, interview, I'm going to put a little link underneath with your YouTube so people can check that out, subscribe. Uh, to Brandon, so you can try it. What I tend to find, Brent, 
and I, I, I like to know how to do it, but then like, you can't keep up with it. Like that's, those are probably the people that you work with, right? You try, oh, you mess, mess around, you know enough just to be dangerous. And then all of a sudden, okay, it's just better to, to hire. If you, if someone hires you or they want to work with you, how does that work? Is it like a, a one-time, like a month project thing, or is it like a monthly thing that you do it forever? How does it tend to work with your, with your clients? Well, no, with SEO, it's not just one and done, unfortunately, because what happens is once you get to that first page of Google, you push someone off that first page of Google, they're not going to be happy about it. And everything is transparent. I can see what you're doing. You can see what I'm doing. There's nothing that's hidden if you look in the right places. So once you push someone off, they're going to try to outrank you. And it's kind of like a back and forth battle keeping those rankings. If you have competitors, if you don't have any competition, if you're in some small city with no other competitors, then you don't really have to worry about it. But if you're in like Los Angeles or Boston or a big city like that, where there's a lot of competitors out there, then you have to fight for those rankings because there's only 10 spots on that first page of Google. It's only three spots on the map on Google. So got to really fight for it and maintain those rankings. If someone's listening, Brendan, and they're not sure like how they do with keywords or how to like evaluate their competitors, are there other websites or is it just Google, like Google ads that they look at? Where do they look at? Or Google, there's a lot of different Google. Anyway, you would know them. The Where would they go to find that stuff? Well, they'd have to look in the coding. Oh, so that's you right. So you can right click on a website and view page source and see all their coding. And then you can see all their keywords that they put all over the website. But a quick, easy way is just search on Google. So go to Google, search for your keywords, see who's on that first page of Google, skipping over the ads, but looking at the organic results and looking at the blue clickable link. That's called the SEO title tag. And that's where everyone puts their keywords. So you can oh, quickly. So you just look at that. So that's an easy way to spy on your competitor's title tag. It doesn't show you everything, but it shows you the title tag, which is one of the more important elements to place keywords. And it's not on that first page of Google. They've definitely done some keyword research. They're not just rank. I mean, sometimes it's a fluke and they just accidentally get there. But 99% of the time, if they're on that first page of Google, they're doing some keyword research, especially if it's like a big corporation like Yelp or Wikipedia or Amazon or Target, Walmart, any of these big sites, you know, they have a whole team of people researching these keywords. So you can just quickly see what your competitors are doing, get ideas off of them. And then you can throw them into different tools like the Google Keyword Planner. It's a free tool from Google that will show you actually how many people search for that keyword. Because just because your competitors are using that keyword, it might've been a good keyword in the past, but maybe nowadays there's a new variation, a singular a synonym, whatever it may be. Like I started doing digital marketing in 2007. Back then it was called internet marketing. So all over my website and my places, I would focus on internet marketing as a keyword. Nowadays, it shifted over to digital. So now I'm like, all right, I got to change internet from internet to digital marketing. So it's just trying to stay up to date with the trends and what's, what people are searching for. And Google Keyword Planner will show you that. Now, how, so I think up to now, we've been talking, Brandon, more about like your website, how to make it SEO optimized, Google, like Google My Business or, or reviews. These other things I find today, so many people come in with reviews. So as, as we're finishing up, I'd like you to talk about like how to increase the amount of reviews you're getting. And then, then also like, how important is it to like be a content producer? Let's say uh, you making short YouTube videos or Instagram or TikTok, like where, where should a professional physician focus or LinkedIn? Like, where should you focus your time on? Uh, I mean, you should focus your time where your audience is at. That's number one is. Try to take a step back and think, 
if you're a physician, are people going to go in on TikTok? Maybe, but probably not. They're probably going to go on Google or Yelp. So I would focus on those platforms, but YouTube might be good. But again, it's not really where people yeah, are. I, don't, I think they're looking for like gross toenail videos. They're not really looking to come in to see a doctor, right? Yeah, they're, they're looking, looking to-, to do it themselves. Like, how do I cure it myself? So, which might be good where like, you can do it yourself or you could have me come in and look at it and make sure it's really going to be healed. But I would say Google is probably going to be number one for service-based businesses, but it's all about just knowing your audience. Like B- LinkedIn is more B2B, which I don't think that would be really applicable. Okay. Instagram is kind of just all over the place with okay. everybody. Yeah. So Instagram might be good, but and how many people are going on Instagram to look for toenails? Not that many, or they're looking for the wrong thing, which is not where you want to be. Okay. So it's just trying to, I would say spying your competitors, see what platforms they're active on and how much engagement they're getting. Look at your competitors websites and see what social media icons they have on their website, open up all those social icons and see how active and how much engagement they're getting. If they're posting every day on Facebook and they're not getting any likes, then maybe Facebook isn't the best or maybe they're just doing Facebook wrong. Could be that too, but more unlikely that's not where their audience is at. So you just got to really try to figure out who that audience is and how to be in front of them when they're actively looking for you. Now, and then in terms of producing it's it's overwhelming sometimes for us as professionals to try to produce content. Um, what, what I found what works the sweet spot for me is I try to do one video per week, and 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 because I like to, videos are easier. Like what I was taught is like you have to figure out what's are you if you're better at writing you do one blog a week. If videos are easier you do one video a week, um, and then you kind of do that viral thing where you try to save send the video around and do stuff like that. What are your thoughts on that? on that method of one a week for, or do we not need to, can you make a website and just never put any content up there? I don't think that's possible, but what do you, what do you recommend? No, no, you need a content on your website. You need to keep it updated. So if you could blog on your website once a month, that's sufficient. If you're making the videos then the videos become your blogs where you post on your website, that video, and you have a description about the video. So you still have to write because you still have to write. Okay. So maybe you do one or two videos a month. And then you just write a description supporting that video. And that's going to be really much more beneficial versus just having a video just to have it shared on all the socials, which is good. But really, you want to have everything on your website, everything you should own. So you take that video, post it on YouTube, and then you can take the code and embed it on your own website with a description. And that's going to help you rank your website because people are watching on YouTube. You're just helping YouTube get richer and helping them get more traffic, whereas and they can take you down anytime. You don't own any of that stuff. Whereas if it's on your website, that's yours. You own that website. You have full control of it and you own that forever. That's awesome. Wow. I think we've covered a lot. You've been very uh, helpful with your time. Um, I'm going to put a couple of links uh, for you, the YouTube channel, the keyword planner we talked about, and also um, seooptimizers.com, which is your website, correct? Yep. Yep. And if, if people want to learn more about you or reach out to you, they'll go to that website. Any any specific, like who would be the perfect, kind of your perfect client that you like to work with? Um, it, just anyone with a business that has a viable product or service. That's the main thing is got to be selling something or have a service that people search for on Google. But that's really number one. And then I offer a free website analysis. So if they go to my website at seooptimizers.com, that's SEO optimizers.com forward slash gift. I actually create a special gift for everyone. So if they go there, they could find that gift along with my contact information and my calendar. If they want me to analyze their website from an SEO point of view, I could see 
what's working, what's not working, and how to get them to that level that they want to be at. Cool. Well, thank you, Brennan. That was very fun. Thanks for having me on today. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Brendan. If you want to learn more, uh, please go to the underneath this. You can learn more about him and his the websites we referenced. Also, go to uh, podiatrypracticemastery.com, and you can learn uh, about uh, more about these other podcasts and interviews and things like that. Okay, have a great one.